1: And now, here's your host
0: Hey, everyone. it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I thought on today's podcast I'd give a quick little update. I was happened to be in the Orlando area uh, a week or so ago, and I took a tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. My son was with me, and we were like, "Why don't we just take a quick tour around and see what it looks like?" So we did. We really didn't leave the car, we just kind of drove around and saw a bunch of different things. But I wanted to share with you some of the things that I saw because it was moderately interesting and kind of by way of an update of what's going on, it kind of gives you a feel for how it looks. So it was kind of odd and eerie again. The last time I was there was in April when we drove around and there was nothing open. Uh, All the resorts were closed, all the parks were closed. There was really nothing going on. This time, there was a little activity. All the parks are open, most of the resorts are open, well, many, maybe, And so we were able to go around and see a few things and see some people wandering around a little bit. So I'll start off with going by the Magic Kingdom. We went by the Magic Kingdom parking lot and by the Transportation and Ticket Center. And over in that area, you could see that the parking lot looks like maybe two of the main parts of the lot were open, and they were each about a third full. So, you know, not that many cars in there considering how big the parking lot is. So you get a sense of just how many people are there. Over by where the uh, security checkpoint is at the TTC, you had... It looked like the uh, tents were set up to do the screenings. I couldn't tell inside if they had the actual screening machines that do the bag check and the temperature check at the same time. I know they have them in some locations. I couldn't tell if they were there or not, but certainly there was a tent set up and they're doing the temperature checks because I could see a sign for that. Then they've got some other things they're doing beyond that. So you kind of make your way in and uh, make your way into the, uh, into the, uh, into the inner, inner sanctum in that, in that case so kind of interesting not many people going through we were there in the afternoon at some point there weren't many people going through now of course the uh, monorail we saw one monorail go between the uh, TTC and the Magic Kingdom would be the express monorail on that beam Uh, didn't see any that were going on the resort loop but I assume they are running on the resort loop must just been that we were it was timing or they were in a station or on the back part where we couldn't see them couldn't really tell of course there were no monorails running to Epcot And that makes perfectly good sense because there's no park hopping. So there's no real reason to have a lot of uh, activity going back and forth between them. So that was interesting to see and just sort of, again, kind of eerie, but in a different way than it was in April. So we made our way around. We saw a number of different things, just kind of drove by, saw a few people out. You know, the people we did see out were wearing masks, of course, because that's a requirement. And just as an aside, my commercial message is, Masks are important. Let's protect each other. Let's do the right things. Wear a mask. When you're out in public, just wear it. I don't care where you are, whether you're at the Disney Resort or you're somewhere else. Just wear a mask in public. It's for the greater good. Just think about it that way. I always do. And when I I was at Disney, it seemed weird to me to be looking at people wearing masks because it's still so foreign to me to see Disney World kind of following the same rules as everyone else. I don't know. It's just sort of in my head. It's kind of like Disney's always the bubble, right? It feels different, even though it really is no different. So we drove down by the, um, the Coronado Springs Hotel. And uh, at the Coronado, that's where the National Basketball Association, the NBA is having their players stay while they're working in the protective bubble and playing their games. So it was interesting to drive by there. They, uh, they had a bunch of different things set up. So there were security checkpoints and security guards and some barriers. And you could see the, the fences that went back in the back somewhere, almost looked like construction in a way. Just to keep people away so that they could have the protected environment for the players so they can come back out and be able to play their games and not have a uh, have an outbreak of the uh, virus going among the teams and then as you drove down toward the wide world of sports there was a road blocked off that went in there and i assume that's because that's where the players go in and how they get the uh the uh press in there and everyone else who's involved with the games to be able to get in there and to keep everyone else out so kind of interesting the way it looked Kind of weird. You know, I'm thinking about it. I go, wow, all these NBA players are here, all these, you know, superstars that we think of in, in basketball. We're all here staying at this hotel. It was kind of oddly cool in a way. So we just drove around for a little bit, saw a bunch of things. It was kind of interesting, you know, I had that moment where it was like, well, we might as well since we're here. And it was just kind of oddly weird, um, but neat in a way to actually see it. Now the question is, will I be going back to Disney? And the answer still is no. Had I decided to keep my annual pass, I would have been through October 5th. I would have been able to go in based on the fact that they were closed for some amount of time. So they extended us out that amount of time. And then beyond that, giving us an additional time uh, to be able to, to utilize the parks. So my pass would have expired in about a month from now. But I chose to go ahead and get the refund, and I did get my refund finally. Uh, Came sometime in mid-August, I got my refund from Disney, and it was, as I expected, about a third of my cost of getting an annual pass, I got back on my my card. So, you know, good for me. I wasn't gonna be able to go anyway, and I really still don't wanna go. And there's a couple of reasons for it. The first one is because of the pandemic. I don't think it's right to be going and putting myself in a moderate risk situation. Yeah, it's still low-ish risk, but why do that to myself? There's no reason to do it. So I uh, don't feel that it's necessary to go, and so I, I won't go. The second reason has to do with what's going on with Disney and its cast members. So I told you before that they did away with the international program and the college program for the foreseeable future. They're not doing either of those right now. They were having a labor dispute with the uh, uh, screen um, actors, uh, Sorry, actors equity. And uh, that union uh, represents all the actors who perform in stage shows and other environments like that. And they were, uh, had a, a contentious relationship with Disney. Disney w- w- didn't wanna give them certain concessions. They wanted very specific concessions and they were going back and forth for a period of time. And now they've finally come to an agreement. They've in, struck an accord and they will be back to work. And I put that in quotes only because Disney hasn't announced any stage shows yet. Stage shows are problematic for their own reasons because you pack a lot of people in a small area to see a show that's going on on the stage. So they haven't brought them all back to work yet. They've made an agreement to go back to work, but they're not back to work. So there's still a lot of people that are technically unemployed at this point, though they might be getting paid. I'm not really clear on that point, how that's working out because they are a union, so they probably made some agreement with Disney. But the point is they're not working again yet, though they may be in the future, in the near future perhaps, I don't know. And then there's the other group that's the um, part-time uh, cast members, the people who were not full-time cast members working in the parks or the resorts. These people have not been called back to work yet, so they're still unemployed. And technically, they're counted as unemployed. There was a, uh, a number of things that have been going on over the last couple of months where the food banks have been giving out food to people, and many of them are Disney part-time employees, cast members, who, uh, who come through and pick up food every week, which is kind of sad in its own way. These are people who would like to work, who can work, but can't find suitable work at this point. The tourist industry is a huge thing for the Central Florida uh, area, for that entire uh, area. So you've got SeaWorld and Universal and Disney World and then all these other attractions and hotels and all these other things that uh, support it. So there's a lot of industry there. When the tourist industry is booming, everyone's employed. It's great. But when it's not, it's a problem. So you've heard about Universal cutting its hours, maybe laying off some people. You've heard about SeaWorld laying off some people. And Disney just hasn't brought people back. These part-time seasonal type people have not been brought back. Typically during the summer, they're working a full schedule because it's so busy. But this summer, it was not, of course. So there's a lot of people who are not employed right now, not gainfully employed, who would like to be. But they can't get back because there isn't the work. And You know, not to go too far down a path, but the state's unemployment system is probably not as good as it could be, so they're not making as much money, and some of them are falling through the cracks, so there's issues there, too. So there's still gaps, and I'm troubled by that. It bothers me a lot that some of my brethren, basically, the people that work at the parks and, you know, who support all the operations, can't get back to work. And it's hard for me to just say I want to go off and have a good time and enjoy myself at the parks when they're not working. It just bothers me a little bit. So that's my, my take on it. So those are my two biggest reasons. There's a lot of other reasons uh, that I won't get into at this point, but there's a lot of things going on that just trouble me, and I don't want to go back to the parks just yet. So on that note, I know that I talked last time about the fact that um, Bob Chapek was saying that he wanted higher-value um, guests to uh, have first priority to getting the, the, um, the reservations for any day in any park. So annual pass holders were being kept at bay. So had I kept my pass, I probably wouldn't have been able to go until about now anyway. They've changed the rules a little bit and they're providing some opportunities, more opportunities for annual pass holders to go, but still not as many as they could, or maybe should, if you want to look at it that way. But they are changing the rules a little bit to kind of loosen it up and let uh, their uh, annual pass holders in just a little bit more. And so kind of when I was thinking about that, and kind of going through everything that i heard and then thinking about josh tomorrow the president of disney parks when i played an interview with him on my last podcast i was thinking about some of the things he said and the one i mentioned the one thing that struck me was that he thinks the park reservation system is here to stay he said a lot of interesting things actually as i look listen back to it and uh it's worth listening to if you didn't listen to it it's in my last podcast it's toward the end of the show and it's a uh interview that was done with the U.S. Travel Association, so kind of interesting. They give him some questions, and he, he answers them fairly truthfully and honestly, as far as I can tell. Anyway, about the theme park reservation system, you know, he's, he like, he's, thinks it's here to stay, and one of the big things that they offer you in an annual pass is the ability to park up. So I have to wonder if they're going to reduce the number of annual passes that they offer, or reduce what they're going to be able to do with it, or have some unusual method of getting you some sort of park hopping where you have to make a reservation and then if there's a reservation somewhere else you can park hop but you would n- essentially never be able to go to all four parks in a day again you might be able to go to two if you're lucky and it got me to thinking about you know sort of the nature of the annual pass and what benefit it has and so I was curious I was like well let me let me just go see if I can buy an annual pass now that I don't have one let me just go see what happens so I went to the Disneyworld.com website And I was poking around for a couple of minutes and I kept clicking on links trying to get to the point where I could actually purchase an annual pass. I got lots of instructions, directives, information about COVID. I got a lot of things about what the theme parks are doing to protect themselves. I got a lot of information that way, but I didn't ever see a place where I could purchase tickets. And I wonder if this is the harbinger of what they're going to be doing with the annual passes. It's only going to be a limited population of annual passes that they're going to allow to bought new they may let some people renew in certain categories but i think they're going to start phasing out some of the annual passes at some point and it'll make it easier for them to be able to use the rules now i could be wrong and it could be that you can't can purchase them i just didn't click long enough i only stayed there for a minute or two i wasn't actually looking to purchase one but it struck me that i wasn't able to uh, find out how to purchase one i went through the app as well and i couldn't find it that way either Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, just means it was harder to get to, which made me stop and think. And, you know, they were pushing you first to have a reservation before you would even buy the ticket. So I was like, that's interesting. And they do sell and make readily available the day passes and some for Florida residents that are multi-day passes. But again, you have to start with the reservation. So, you know, it makes you wonder what they're going to do in the future and how they're going to manage this. And I know we're still too close to it to know, but it just kind of made it interesting when I thought about it. I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do there. Hmm, How's that going to work? Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I couldn't buy a new annual pass if I wanted to. So just kind of curious and interesting. And, uh, so we went about our day after we left the, uh, the theme park area and it was funny because we wound up doing some other activities, some other things we needed to do. We had to go to some stores and pick up some things and whatever. And for most of the stores, it was almost like going you know, going to Disney World. You have to go park, park in a giant parking lot somewhere and then you'd uh, have to walk over and stand in line just to go in the store and then stand in line to pay. And it was almost, we were kidding about, hey, we're at Disney World, look at that. And uh, you know, at one point it was raining so hard, there was rain hitting the windshield and it felt like we were on Splash Mountain or something. So it was just kind of funny, you know, a little Disney connection there, so we had a smile among ourselves just to kind of think about how fun that that part of it was thinking about Disney. So really interesting, and I don't know what the what's going to happen next, what Disney is going to do, how they're going to make their make their way next. But I do find the whole thing really kind of compelling. The story is interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. They have an opportunity to reset the theme park industry and reset the rules for parks and so forth and hey, you know, good for them if they can do it. I, but it's not going to be what I thought it was going to be. Maybe it is. Maybe it turns out to be something that I thought it was going to be, and I just was mistaken on where I thought they were going to go with it. I just, I, I don't know. Now, I can tell you that uh, as far as things that are going on at Disney World, anything that was well into construction or nearing completion will get completed. So, you know, the uh, Tron light cycle, uh, I believe the Ratatouille ride, um, the, uh, the, um, the uh, guardians of the galaxy attraction over in epcot those kinds of things they will go ahead and be finished and uh, you'll see those come to fruition and they'll, they'll they'll open them up to the to the public at some point but anything that was not completed or not well into its established timeline or hadn't started yet is probably going to be put on the shelf for now if you look around you see that they're, you know, they've kind of stopped construction on a lot of things. They don't talk about some of the things they were planning. And they talk about scaling back some of their ambitious plans for some of the things they wanted to do. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do there and what, you know, what choices they make as far as which things they go forward with. Or maybe they'll rethink the entire strategy and come up with some new things that they want to do. Then I also noticed uh, an article that they're going to retheme the Polynesian Resort Hotel as a Moana-themed resort. And I'm kind of troubled by that a little bit, only because Disney was always a place you could go to get away from everything. And the fact that they created some of these resorts that really were based on nothing, they were just based on concepts and ideas and sort of the whimsical nature of traveling to Polynesia. And now they want to make it specific to an intellectual property that they own, which seems to be Disney's mantra these days, always building on some intellectual property and building something that's related to something that you know that they can merchandise in some way. And... I, you know, it's not the Disney of old, I know, but it bothers me a little bit that everything has to be merchandised and, you know, promoted as a brand in some way. That there has to be an identity with it. I just don't know what to take away from that sometimes. It's kind of a weird thing when I think about it that that's not the Disney I know, but I guess maybe it is now. That's the new Disney, right? That's the way we're doing things. So anyway, that'll be what it's going to be. I'm, You know, right now the Polynesians closed while they're doing some of their theming. We'll see what they choose to do exactly, how far they go with it. But um, I don't know. I'm just, you know, those kinds of things. I guess that's an easy overlay. It doesn't cost much money to do and they can, you know, enhance on their own properties that way. So, okay. You know, it's all good. So that's, uh, you know, that's basically what I wanted to talk about today was just some of the basic things about uh, taking this little trip around and seeing what was going on. I didn't have much else to add to the podcast this week. I just wanted to kind of share that with you and just uh, give you a sense of what I saw. Now, with that out of the way, I wanted to introduce a new segment that I'm going to start on my podcast, and I'm going to call it One Little Spark. I think that's a good name for it. And I think what I want to do is it's sort of, we, we've lost our way as a society, you know, with all the things that have been happening through the political nature of things, through the virus, through staying at home, through social interaction, social engagement, social distancing, and you hear every day about the Karens of the world. And you hear about people who are misbehaving or showing some malfeasance in some way. You hear about people who are not being kind and polite to each other. So I thought what I'd do is I'd talk about, and at the end of every podcast, just spend a minute and talk about some social issue, whatever it is, and it could be anything. And I'll just give you my suggestion on how we can make the world a little bit better place for everyone. And, you know, Like I say, just be kind and polite to each other. That's the most important thing. That's the one thing we can do is just be polite to each other. You know, you go to Disney and you have a great time and we're polite to one another and, you know, we're all nice and everything, mostly. And you want to just continue that outside of Disney as well. So I'd like to just throw this out there as one little spark, just one thing you can do at the end of every podcast just to kind of help with social engagement and you know, being, building a better tomorrow. Let's not be these people who get mad at each other for the most trivial things and think that one person's right or one person's wrong or this or that or the other. Let's just focus on being good people and helping each other out. So the first topic I'd like to throw out there is Black Lives Matter. And I know some people have an issue with this and I don't know why, but here's the thing. Take some time, do a little research, listen to other people. Maybe, there's plenty of YouTube stories out there. There's plenty of people who have something to say. Watch some of them and learn something. You know, just, just educate yourself a little bit. Understand things a little bit differently. Uh, I've heard plenty from plenty of people that have had stories from other people they know that are black and they tell them a story about something that happened in their life you can't even imagine because you've, maybe you're not white and you can't even imagine it. Maybe you're black and you have your own story that you, that you have. And I'm just suggesting that you listen to other people and do the right things. You know, just under, take, take a moment to understand and really get into it a little bit. And to that end, I'd also like to suggest that you, you know, you do whatever you can. If you want to join a protest, join a protest. If you want to donate money to a cause that makes sense to you, donate money to a cause. If you want to just go onto social media and put the hashtag Black Lives Matter, great. If you want to uh, go out there and find Black-owned businesses, there are plenty of resources out there where you can support these Black-owned businesses in your own way. And then, of course, a couple of other things you should do, you should go out and vote. Use your voice, use your vote, and make sure that you're encouraging this whole idea of Black Lives Matter and doing the right things and trying to help in some way. And your vote can go a long way to doing that. And then also, just to make sure you're always kind. Take a moment, listen to other people, and be kind. And that's it. That's all I'm asking for everyone to do. You know, choose your own path in life. Choose the way you want to go about it. But my thought is, if we can give one little spark to giving back something and being polite to each other, all the better for all of us. So there you go. So that's what I'm going to do every podcast. Just add a a minute or two of just content where I'm going to talk about some issue that I think deserves a little bit of attention and I think it's worthwhile. So that's it. So that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now.